0: I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank & Trust for
1: making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad.
0: Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm here again with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. And we have our friends with us from Montecito Bank and Trust today, which we always enjoy. I'm going to let you introduce our guest slash sponsor slash
1: partner. Yes, Patty, we're so happy to have Sean Dyer with us today, who is the Assistant Vice President and Senior Fraud Specialist with Montecito Bank and Trust. And we're always happy to have people from the bank because we get some really valuable information. And just as a reminder, several months ago, the bank was reporting and reported to us on Scam Squad that they were getting a lot of fraudulent checks, forged checks coming into the bank. And they were able to trace that to the main post office and the big blue bin, which is in front of the main post office on Anacapa Street, Turns out there was a lot of theft happening at that particular post office at that particular bin. So we were able to get the word out to our listeners, please don't mail your letters in that blue bin. It's not safe because for some reason that bin was getting hit over and over and a lot of the fraudulent checks were then cashed at Montecito Bank and Trust. So we thank you again for that alert and hopefully it saved some people (laughs) from being scammed. So what have you got for us today, Sean?
2: Well, I've got a few things I thought I would touch on. One is about mailers that are actually in the mail, real mail, snail mail, some of our tech support scams and some wires. And I'll start off with the mailers. And this came from my own mother yesterday. And I thought it was important to share because I know there's a lot of people that still get lots of snail mail and have lots of subscriptions to magazines and other things she received this mailer and it looked like an invoice for a bill from the Mayo Clinic, as if she'd had some sort of lab test or something done. And she showed it to me because well, I haven't had anything done. I don't I don't understand what this is. Well, it's not that at all. But the way they word it in the invoice is it looks like it's a bill, but it's all about a newsletter, but they're making it look like you owe them. And if you read it all, it's a subscription, but they've already got your name and address and they have the little tear off coupon. Like you're going to, you know, send us your money. We've already renewed you. So you just have to read these things or realize, you know, if you don't subscribe to a magazine, you don't owe the subscription or they'll do the notice a year in advance and you'll be paid up for five years because you're not reading when it's actually due. So I just want to get that out there that there are lots of old fashioned male fraud things out there that we just need to be reading them really carefully. And if you have a question, ask somebody else. Does this yeah. look like it's legitimate?
1: Because that looked very much like an invoice. A big bold letters right at the top, invoice. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you think you're paying a bill, but what you're doing is subscribing to something that you may not want at all. Right. Yeah. Like
2: Mayo Clinic. I mean, I immediately thought, oh, mom, you must have had a, a some lab test or some. You know, your doctor must have done something related to sure. Mayo Clinic, and that's what they're hoping most people
1: will think. Well, it must be an extra bill from my doctor somehow. Right. Yeah. And we know that older folks often have a lot of doctor bills. So you exactly. can get confused. Yeah. And Absolutely.
0: if you don't mind, I will let the Better Business Bureau of the Tri-Counties know because they do a podcast as well and they have a segment here and they actually are doing a campaign about false misleading advertising. So I think that would be a good thing for them to uh, Perfect. be aware I think that's of. a great idea. Thank yeah. you, Patty. Yeah. Yes.
2: All right. On to our next one. General categorize it under tech support scan but it's not always like Apple or Windows, but it's along the lines where they're either you've clicked on a link or you've had a pop-up or there's a phone number to call to help you with something. And we have recently had um, a customer fall for a PayPal scam and another one for an Amazon scam. And they're imposter scams. Obviously, it's not really PayPal and it wasn't really Amazon. I myself received uh, a phone message on my landline that's, Oh, you've had an Amazon purchase. I think we've, um, Vicky, we may have talked about this kind of one before, but, you know, they're trying to get you to call back and that mm-hmm. there's some purchase in your basket that you probably, you know, that looks suspicious, but, you know, I don't do Amazon. Obviously, we just didn't call back, just left the message on the phone. Well, these customers, the one thought she was talking to Amazon, they all turn out the same way that the person that's helping them has convinced them to get into their online banking and Mm -hmm. to either fake transfer money into their checking account so that it looks like they just made a big deposit for say 50,000 and it was supposed to be 500. Mm -hmm. And now the poor person at Amazon or PayPal, they're going to lose their job if you don't go out and buy gift cards and send it right back to them or wire it back to them. So we had that situation. And unfortunately, this is the saddest part, the customer authorized it. So we, Um, as a bank, we can't pay them back. They did the purchase or they bought the gift cards or whatever. So it's a really sad situation when those happen because they're usually in the thousands of dollars and the customer is out that money. The fraudsters will not get caught because they're most likely out of the country.
1: And that's why they use gift cards. Once you've given them that number on the back of the gift card, that money is gone and you will Mm -hmm. never track it and you will never get it back. You know, it's a very dangerous scam because, first of all, a lot of people are using Amazon these days, especially since we're all sheltered for COVID. And a lot of people use PayPal. So those are two very familiar companies to use to try and trick people. And it just exactly. happens. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. We've talked about that before, but we can't emphasize it enough. If you get hooked into something like that and somebody claims to be out that money and they're going to get in a lot of trouble, just hang up, shut down your computer, unplug your computer, do whatever you can to terminate that encounter.
2: Exactly. And yeah, in both of these cases, of course, it was too late. You know, it was all after the fact. And that's when the customers realized, oh, this probably isn't legitimate. Yeah. So then the last uh, topic I wanted to discuss was um, just wires in general. Our bank, we have a a software system where it analyzes a lot of our data. And when they score high enough, they kick out alerts. That's our fraud department we review. For our bank, we require our tellers to go through a checklist of questions when anyone is sending money out via wire. Mm -hmm. And the idea of the questions is to put question in the customer's mind. Oh, did I did I really verify all this information over the phone or did I just take it when I got an email and and hope that it's right? So that's always done proactively, but then the wire may still score high enough where we in the background we think "Mm, we better look a little further at these things. Ask a few more questions. So for us, when that's happening, we in the fraud department we're going back to the branch and we're saying hey you know call your customer again. We just want to go over a few points because this wire for this dollar amount going to this beneficiary, it doesn't make sense. Most often it's for a business. If a business is wiring to a person, that's not normal. Businesses are usually paying vendors, another business. So that can always trigger alert. When a consumer is paying a person, that's more common because it's a person to a person. If they're paying To a person but the purpose of the wire is more for a business reason that doesn't make sense why isn't the wire going to that business name Uh instead of a person's name and we just had that type of wire fraud a customer was wiring for a business purpose but they were sending it to a person a personal account and we went back to the branch and we said you know it doesn't add up please go back they went back to the customer and the customer said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've checked it out. I've had two people verify it. They may not have really had that happen because a week later it was fraud and mm-hmm. it's $40,000 and it's gone. If your bank comes back with you to you with questions, we're not trying to bug you. We really think something's up. And if it's already created an alert for us to review, it's already there's questions. So yeah really, we're trying to protect you. We're not trying to cause you more harm and discomfort by going back and (laughs) rechecking everything with whoever you've got your information from. But the bottom line, it was in business email compromise. Compromise. The company that he was sending it to, their email was compromised, intercepted. Instructions were changed where they said, oh yeah, yeah. And they used the name of the person they usually deal with because that's how it works. So, our customer thought, oh, okay, well, that person is the administrator for this business I'm sending it to, so it must be right. And it wasn't.
1: Well, it's comforting to know that you are on the job and your department, your fraud department, knows all the red flags. And you know when something doesn't seem right. And you have those checklists and and you are willing to call the customer again. And it's really, it's out of a desire to protect the customer. And along those lines, Sean, we've had a very sad story come into our office about an elderly gentleman and his wife who have been caught up in the lottery scene to the tune of $200,000 already gone out the door. But this is the part that's interesting. Three different banks have closed his account. It's the husband that's hooked up into this. What I'm surmising is that probably three different banks have caught on to the fact that this is a scam, have tried to warn him. I know they've tried to warn him because eventually they reported to APS. So three different banks have tried to warn him, have gone through the procedures probably, I'm surmising that you're describing, and have finally decided we can no longer do this. We can no longer send out this money and help the fraudsters because we know it's a fraud. So this has happened to him three different times. He is still sending money and determined that he is going to be the big winner.
2: It's their money and we can say all we want. And sometimes we just say, you know what, we're just refusing. But when they come back like this last one and he said, oh, no, we have double checked. I'm positive. You know, we had a couple people check. We got to let it go. But like in what you're talking about, Vicki, if we had the same person doing it over and over, it's awful that our option is to close out the banking relationship when you know they're just going to find a bank that will help them. Is that the right thing to do? But what do we do? And if we've reported them to APS, it kind of puts you in a bind of what's the right thing? What's the responsible thing? But if
1: they're going to keep doing it, we just don't want to be a part of it. Exactly. And I can certainly understand that from the bank's perspective, because you know this money is going to a scammer and you don't want to be any part of that. So I guess the message for our listeners is please, please listen to your banker. If your banker is asking you questions, if your banker is coming back to you, With additional questions, I'm sure the scammer has given you a set of responses. Here's what they want you to say. Well, don't trust the scammer, trust your banker. So that is my message for today. I really want to thank you, Sean, for coming on our show and giving us this very, very valuable information. And also the insight as to how the bank operates and how the bank handles these situations. It gives us a lot more confidence in what's going on with our bankers. So thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: We really appreciate you and everyone at Montecito Bank and Trust. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. Always happy to be here. Any good news today, Vicki?
1: And you're welcome to Uh, stay on the line, Sean, and get cheered up if she has. Yes, please. Well, this actually wouldn't come under the heading necessarily of good news, but it was kind of heartening to me because this came from the National Center on Elder Abuse, which is housed in the Keck School of Medicine at USC. And they are the premier institution that deals with elder abuse. So I just got this today. Home is where the heart is checklist. And it was tips on long distance caregiving. And some of the tips I thought were really sweet and sort of out of the norm. And they were things that I thought, well, I would never have thought about doing this. So this is if you're kind of trying to reach them long distance, if you're making phone calls, if you can't go to their home personally. So what do you say to them over the phone? How do you stay socially connected? Ask your loved one what they want just as much as what they need. And some of the things were, do they want a favorite food delivered? How great is that? Yes, I want my favorite ice cream delivered. Are they running low on a favorite lotion or cream? What a wonderful thing to ask. Do they need or want assistance with shopping? Maybe that's something that could be organized. Do they feel safe going on walks or doing outdoor activities? And of course, we know here in Santa Barbara, we have so many agencies that are willing to step in and help with some of these things. Main heading was get in contact and stay connected. Ask them if it would be okay to check in on a daily or weekly basis. you know, is it okay if I call you? Determine the best way to reach them. How would you like me to connect with you? A landline, a cell phone, a computer? These are little questions that we may not think to ask. Send them a letter through email or write them an actual letter and send it through the mail. And then the last thing was create a video call, invite the entire family to check in and catch up. I thought those were some very sweet suggestions about how we could stay in touch with our loved ones if we're (laughs) apart from them. So that is my good feeling news for today.
0: Good and heartening news. Yes, thank you so much, Vicki. Look forward to next week. And could you just give the fraud hotline in case anyone needs to speak With you or
1: to report a fraud? Absolutely. 805 568 2442. 805 568 2442.
0: Well, have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk again soon. Bye bye. Thanks, Patty. Bye
1: bye. Bye bye.